I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Scarlett Russell, entertainment editor at the Sunday Times Style, and welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle, Series 3, Episode 8. In this podcast, I speak to a range of female entrepreneurs who turn their side hustle into a thriving business. You can get the latest episodes on the Times Radio app, as well as from wherever you normally indulge your podcast habit. And while you're there, we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a rating and share us with your friends, family and followers. My guest today is Alice Pelton, founder of The Lowdown, a contraception review website known as the TripAdvisor of Contraception. Since it launched in 2018, it's had nearly 3,000 reviews, with 40,000 women coming to the site every month. Alice worked at News UK, the company which publishes Style, for seven years. Her job was in digital product management and strategy before she came up with the idea for The Lowdown in 2017, while she was having dinner with her boyfriend. She eventually quit her job to focus full-time on the business and recently got onto a prestigious startup accelerator program called Entrepreneur First and has big plans for her side hustle. It's a pretty original and unique idea, so I couldn't wait to hear all about it. Hi, Alice. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for joining us. Your side hustle, which is Mm -hmm. essentially a website, a brand, it's kind of dubbed the TripAdvisor of Contraception. So tell us a little bit about it, Alice, like what it does, where the idea came from. Yeah, so I I just think it's utter madness that in the 21st century, women have to deal with the side effects, complications, admin um, of contraception. I just think it's just mad. Personally, I can probably blame a lot of my uh, teenage behaviour on microgynon. And um, I've always struggled with side effects from contraception growing up. And I thought, well, you know, why isn't there a better way to sort of compare and understand contraception? And, And it kind of went from there, really. You talked about the admin of contraception. What do you mean by that? It's the booking the appointments. It's having to go for the three monthly or six monthly checkups. It's... I guess it's just the emotional, you know, just more labour that I guess women have to sort of put up with. But also, I just think it's a lot of time trying to get access to things that you want, trying to kind of negotiate the health system, um, you know, sitting in a sexual health clinic, 
all of that stuff. It's just really annoying. <laughs> so you'd been on the pill. You mentioned microgygon. See, that's interesting. I was on microgygon for 10 years. I literally had no side effects. Um, loads of my friends were on it. It was fine. But I do have a lot of friends who were on other forms of the pill and they had physical and emotional side effects like you know, weight gain and feeling really moody and awful. No one was really talking about it unless they were your best friend. There wasn't really a forum to talk about this stuff. It's shocking that, as you say, in 2020, there still really hasn't been much progress there. Why mm. do you think that is? I think it's it's down to a few things. So the pill was invented like 60 years ago. And whilst there's been a few kind of incarnations of it, there's still sort of, a, I think, an acceptance that we sort of have enough options or they're sort of good enough but I think there's a laziness around that which is but they still cause you know side effects and and problems astonishingly only four percent of the global um, healthcare research and development funding goes into women's health four percent so you know there's a huge lack of investment for various reasons, farmers have not been too interested in innovating in. Briefly, that is, uh, there's a lot of risk and a lot of cost associated with developing um, contraception. And they, they're just scared about getting sued, basically. I'm aware that some women have brilliant experience on the pill and there are a lot of benefits to contraception. And I'm very pro-contraception. I just, I, I guess I don't want women to potentially go through the hurdles that I went through. And I just want society to be more aware of the side effects and have an open conversation about what millions of women are using. Clearly, there's a real need for more information about contraception and the lowdown sounds like a perfect solution. But how does it work? So you can go on and leave a review for any method or brand of contraception that you've tried or, or that you, you're using. And then we are um, taking that data and building out into an app that helps you choose access and use your contraception so it, it helps remove some of the guesswork around which which method or brand might be right for me it helps you track your symptoms and understand why they might, might be caused um, and puts you in touch with uh, doctors and experts that can also help you if you've got any questions around your contraception the actual idea itself that light bulb moment is it true you, you were having dinner with your boyfriend when the idea of a trip advisor for contraception came about? I was on sabbatical. It was 2017. I think a lot of people get good ideas when they take a bit of time off and they stop the normal routine of life. And I'd been off work for a couple of months and we went out for a curry. I think all good things in life can come out of a curry. And, uh, <laughs> Great and, uh, advice. Yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom. Go for a curry. And um, I just decided that, I was like, I don't know why this doesn't exist. Um, and then I think it kind of popped into my head and then went home that night and Googled it. And, you know, you normally expect to find it already exists at that point, but it didn't. And I was like, oh, that's that's really exciting. And then I did what a lot of people do when they have an idea, which is do nothing. So I didn't do anything for a long time. <laughs> and then later that year, I went to a, uh, a Stylist Live event and I saw a woman called Debbie Wasco stand up and speak. And she uh, has, is one of the founders of the Albright and Entrepreneur. And she, she basically stood up and spoke for 45 minutes without any notes about what it takes to start and grow a business. And she was so inspiring about having an idea and actually doing something about it that uh, she's the reason that I went home that night and I was like, right, I'm going to actually do this. What sort of advice did she give that really stands out to you? I think there's 
a tendency when you're starting something from scratch to overthink and it's it all feels really big and daunting and she really honed in on actually I guess setting out really specific steps that you could take like that day or that week to make it a reality and I think breaking it down and and starting to just getting started I think sometimes the hardest part but once you're started it actually I found it it builds its own momentum and you start to be able you're like oh you know this is going now I know what I'm doing she was just absolutely amazing I'd never seen a woman speak like that I think about entrepreneurship so what were your first steps you come home this fire's ignited in you what (laughs) did you do so I said I'm gonna spend five hours a week on this which I think is a really my advice if you've got an idea is to just don't you know you don't need to quit everything and you know suddenly start turning down all the things in your life that social events and all sorts just say like right I'm gonna spend five hours a week and I just started, yeah, researching, um, documenting thoughts, scribbling things down, and just thinking about how I would build this and what it would involve. And yeah, I just think time boxing it um, really helped me. And I just did it in the evenings. Um, and I, I never did it on a Monday evening because Mondays are just horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's doing, enough doing, going on on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> just I, I've got through Monday. That's literally all I'm doing on Monday. But by maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, I you know spend an hour or two in the evening just thinking about this, and it went from there. Really, that's a really good way to do it because you're giving yourself that realistic five hours. But you, I suppose, can have those five hours any time of the week, depending on how busy your week is, that's actually really achievable, it sounds like. Exactly. I love that. It doesn't need to be this big, scary thing, mm. and you don't need to write off your whole weekend. I made an initial rule. I don't really live to it now, but along the same lines, it's like, do it when I know I'm going to enjoy it. Um, mm. Do it when I'm in the mood, because it will take me, I'll do it twice as quickly. If I push through it when I'm not in the mood, I, it will take me so much longer. I might as well not bother. One of Alice's first steps was market research. She sent out a survey to 20 friends, but ended up getting way more than she bargained for. Alice's friends ended up sending it to their friends, who in turn sent it on to their friends. And before she knew it, Alice was inundated with over 500 responses. For me, that was like the moment where I guess it spurred me on to keep going and putting the time in and listening to women's stories um, which is something I've done now for quite a few years and really understanding them and what they want and what the problems are but yeah that initial survey response was just like a tsunami of uh, wow this is a problem that not just I've had. What sort of questions were you asking in that survey that you think they responded to so well? I found, you know, I asked sort of what method you're on and how satisfied you are and has it ever impacted, you know, X, Y and Z. Um, And then I did what I often find with surveys is the free form bit where you say, you know, would you like to tell us anything else? Because sometimes be the most insightful bit. I had, you know, (laughs) pages and pages of notes, which I printed out and carried with me pretty much everywhere I went. And then I just looked over it over months and just gleaned loads of thoughts and you know feature ideas about how I was going to build this website can you send a survey out quite easily online yeah that's yeah. the thing anyone can you know I use like Typeform or SurveyMonkey anyone can do it and maybe get a friend to help you if you aren't very good at how to structure the questions um, to make sure they're not too biased and not too leading 
Um, but there's loads of helpful you know, things out there. And I, I'd, yeah, if anyone's got an idea and they're interested in testing, maybe testing the appetite or seeing which part of it might be most interesting to people, um, I, I'm a big fan of, of sending out a survey as well as speaking to, to people, bringing them up, asking friends, get some mates around, give them some beers and be like oh I'm thinking about this what do you think when did the actual website launch I I basically spent most of 2018 scoping it I could have probably done it quicker but these things take time yeah and you were doing a full-time job you know (laughs) I was definitely spending more than five hours a week on it by this point oh were you okay um but that's fine because I got going you know I had momentum and that's really important part of starting your own thing Basically, I hired my friend's brother to help me build the website um, and started spending my own money on it. And by that point, I felt comfortable and confident enough that it was whatever happened was going to be useful to women. Um, And then we launched it uh, early 2019. How much of your own money were you kind of investing at the beginning? Because a lot of people build their own websites. To Mm -hmm. hire someone can be pricey, even if it is your mate. So what kind of figure are you looking at so people might be listening in and not and know they're not getting ripped off tech builds are expensive um I was very lucky I had sort of mates rates and all of my friends you know whether it was design or whatever it was all mates rates um which I would yeah really push for in those early early phases shop around ask friends of friends when you get quotes through to people you know ping it on to somebody else to sense check it for you to make sure you're not getting ripped off I think I spent a, between about four to five grand building the site, but that included design. I also made sure I got uh, trademarks registered and, you know, mm-hmm. it was important to me that I did it properly in the sense that it was defensible. And if it turned into something, it wasn't going to be in a complete mess. And then I changed from building and working out the website to, right, how do I get some PR for this? And that's when the fun of um, contacting journalists and um, trying to, yeah, uh, hit people up to be like, will you write about this? You know, are you interested in this? And asking lots of favours and reaching out to lots of journalists. Yeah, I mean, you've had a bunch of press in the Times, understandably, that makes sense because that's where you're working and the Sun, which I guess is also um, part of News UK. But I mean, just looking there it was like Bustle, Marie Claire, Stylist, The Daily Mail, Metro, The Telegraph, Grazia. How easy was it for you to get that or, or were people coming to you? Coverage does breed coverage. So often the hardest bit is getting the first piece. And then once you sort of broken the broken it the back of it journalists get FOMO and they don't want to not write about the thing that everyone's writing about so you can really leverage that for me it was constantly having a really good sort of press kit ready you know uh, a website where people would download images and logos and was really clear on messaging and, and what I wanted to say um, and just lots of yeah lots of outreach lots of emails and not being offended when people don't respond to emails and calling them, tweeting them, following them, you know, um, doing all sorts of stuff to get yourself top of their their email list, um, just being utterly relentless, really. And did you see a spike in web visits after all the press? Yeah, huge, huge spikes. I'd be like out of my desk and it would be just like this tsunami of people following me on Instagram. And I'd be like, what's going on? Where's it coming from? <laughs> like scrambling around on the internet, like who's posted what? All your press coverage helps give you really high quality backlinks, which um, Google recognises. So if you get 
you know, a hyperlink from The Guardian or something mm. to your website, then Google starts to think, oh, that's a good domain. Um, mm. that, that must be pointing to another good domain. And you start to climb the ranks of SEO, which has really, really helped us. And we get 90% of our traffic from organic search now. I mean, I'm looking at the website now and it's it's really clear. It's really beautifully laid out. It's very easy to navigate. Essentially, women are reviewing the contraception they're on and this star rating as the number of stars out of five that they have given that particular contraception and then with their personal story attached. People have been really, I mean, someone's talking about really intimate stuff like orgasms and bleeding and kind of, but I guess it's, it feels like women want this space and women have been desperate for it and they want to talk about it. Never ceases to amaze me. And like, I'm so grateful for this, like how open women are with me, I guess, either personally or on the lowdown. I had all sorts of worries before we launched it. You know, would people want to open up about their vaginal discharge or, you know, their sex drive? And people, people do. (laughs) I'm brilliant. Like, let's create a safe space for them to do that. Also on the website, you actually do have one doctor who has come on board and users can pay £15 for a 15-minute consultation with her. Mm-hmm. So tell me how that works and how, how did you get a doctor on board and how does the money aspect work? Do they keep all of it or do you get a cut? So we're just testing that out at the moment because we recognise, especially because of COVID, that women's access to, to doctors is a bit more tricky than usual. And mm. the average GP only has a couple of hours training on contraception, which is why it might be hard to get their questions all answered. The money goes in our doctor's pocket um, because Dina is a, a brilliantly, very well-experienced doctor. Um, and we're paying her for her time to be able to help our community because a lot of women have been asking us for this service. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So the idea is solid. The market is clearly out there. But how does Alice plan on turning reviews into revenue? 
it launched like as you say just as a review website and and now me and david are working out um how we can turn this into a business um looking at yeah expanding our doctor advice service uh looking at whether we can offer our users prescriptions so you can get your pill delivered to you every month without having to worry about um you know going to the gp we'd love to set up a clinic you know a low down clinic where women could go and and really have their all of their sort of contraception and, and sexual health needs catered for going back to the kind of side hustle element of it so it's been going for like a year and a half you were juggling it all with your full-time job um when did you actually decide right i want the lowdown to be my full-time job i'm going to leave my paid job last summer i realized it was getting some really good traction and i thought ah oh, this could be really exciting and and then i sort of let myself believe that it could be uh, a real big thing and and then i think i went for a process of deciding it was probably time to leave my job uh, i took some time out and went travelling with my partner and on that trip um i found i couldn't really stop thinking about it uh, and i think that's sometimes a sign that you should probably keep keep going with it when i was away i i decided to look into some accelerators so startup accelerators um can pay you some money or invite you onto your pro- onto a program to help you develop out a business and i applied for one of them that's called entrepreneur first and when i came back from travels um they pay you a very small stipend every month to to work on on your ideas and, and meet a co-founder so that's how i met david so uh, accelerators are very popular um, and they're one of the ways that if you've got a, a startup idea or you are running a startup and you need investment that you can help, I guess, supercharge and, and grow your business. Um, and they give you a bit more structure, some learning, um, and some of them give you cash. But who are these people? Like rich <laughs> investors, kind of? <laughs> yeah, they, they tend to be set up by, um, you know, investor funds that basically decide that, they want to um, get a load of either talented people together or good startups together and in- invest money into them. It might be anything between 20 to £100,000, for example, in return for um, equity in that business. And they can help you with their network um, and their advice, basically grow your startup. Yeah, we basically received a small round of investment from Entrepreneur First, and we're, we're now spending that on testing out uh, marketing, trying to improve our SEO, uh, paying some brilliant content writers to, to create resources um, and building out our app, basically. And how do you hope the money will come back to you in future? Will people pay uh, for the app? Yeah, so there will be a paid for element of our app, whether that be expert advice or prescriptions or enhanced tracking um, and data. Yeah, that's that's currently our, our model. It's, we're looking at a direct-to-consumer subscription. You don't have advertising on the website at the moment, which does seem a, a kind of obvious source of revenue. Mm. Is that deliberate that you've chosen not to have that? I just hate ads. <laughs> Fair, yeah. <laughs> I just hate it when you're on your phone and there's like these really annoying banners in the way and I just, I find them really annoying uh, from a kind of user experience point of view. And advertising isn't the answer to online businesses anymore. Um, it's really hard. You need a lot of page views to make any money. So um, I just made the decision quite early on that unless it was going to be a you know, and it will be at some point a, a very like high traffic site. I wouldn't, I wouldn't switch them on until then. 
And how many users do you have to your website, Alice? So we now have over 40,000 uh, women coming to us, yeah, every month. And that's completely organic. It's just grown and grown and grown. Well, that's fantastic. And that's in, what, a year and a half? Yeah, yeah, about a year and a half. And how many reviews have you had on your website? Do you know? We're almost at 3,000. I think we're going to hit 3,000 in the next few weeks. Fantastic. Um, and how is your working day at the moment structured? It's busy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's a lot going on. But I, um, I'm a bit of a night owl, so I don't get up too early. Try and time box emails. I have lots of uh, calls with either um, stakeholders or potential partners. Yeah, I, I, every day is very different. Um, I try, 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 try and sort of switch off and have a cutoff time um, and try and watch some TV in the evening to help me switch off. Can I asked, you said time boxing your inbox? Um, is that right? Time boxing yeah. your inbox? <laughs> Yeah, so I don't, I don't check it all day. I don't have it open as a tab all day. Um, I have also a Sunday label, which I put on my emails. Um, and if it comes in and it's not urgent and I can wait, I'll just do it. And I'll just do all of my, you know, Sunday emails on a Sunday. And that means I don't spend like two hours of my day sort of responding to non-urgent stuff that, I don't know, isn't really going to help me like hit my goals for that week. So time boxing is basically setting aside specific times per day when you're on email, you're not on it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you come um, up with that or is that a Silicon Valley thing? <laughs> it's probably a Silicon Valley thing. I'm obsessed um, with it. I love it. There's a, there's a really good book called The 4-Hour Workweek, which I'd recommend anyone to read. Bits of it are probably a bit out of date now, but um, there's a lot of really good stuff in there about prioritising your time, outsourcing things and consolidating tasks that uh, you can do and, and sort of doing them, for example, like twice a day or once a day just to save you time. A recent study by Plan International UK found that one in 10 women aged 14 to 21 have not been able to access their usual method of contraception during lockdown. I wanted to know what impact this had on the lowdown. It's really helped like grow our engagement. And I think also people have had more time on their hands and maybe been thinking about this more or had more time to kind of get to that point on their to-do list <laughs> you know think about pill or um or they might not be able to get their implant renewed or, or or you know their coil removed and they've been coming to us with questions about how and what and when they can do that okay so it's actually from a business point of view it's been great for you but I mean not so great for these women who can't get their coil removed and can't get appointments and can't leave the house to get their pill. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Like the impact that COVID's had on this, it's made already what's an incredibly underfunded, fragmented sexual health service in this country even worse. What more from your point of view, Alice, what can the government do to help them? What should the government be doing? So there was a um, an act passed in the NHS in 2012 that basically um, made it that all the sexual health funding is given out at the local authority level. So that's why you can't maybe get your coil fitted at the same place that you can get your smear tests and stuff like that's just really annoying. Um, and that's, yeah, there's been a 45% um, cut in sexual health funding in the last six years. So yeah, that's why sexual health clinics are closing down or they don't have much availability that's why there's a three-month waiting list to get a coil fitted um and i'm afraid those are kind of structural broader reasons that i guess coronavirus has just added another layer of um 
complexity on, on top of. What kind of changes would you like to see in sexual health services, contraception services specifically? More training of, of doctors who can fit coils and, and give really good advice on contraception, which would open up more appointments and give women much better access to the care that they they deserve. Um, I'd love to see more funding and innovation in, in the methods themselves. There are hundreds of different ways you can stop a woman from, or a man from getting pregnant. And a lot of the contraceptives that we use work in the same way uh, and therefore have quite similar sets of side effects. Those are probably my two main things I'd like to change or, or see change. Moving on now to our What She Said segment, where I ask my guests to answer one big career question. And my question for Alice is, how do you maintain your self-belief when you're self-employed? For me, it's about building a, a virtual office or virtual support network, especially during lockdown, of people around me that I can ring for advice about numbers or decks or you know monetization plans or hiring and those people uh, not only help you feel like you can break past something difficult that you're stuck on but also encourage you and keep you going when you feel a bit low. I also have a folder of emails from customers um, that I look at whenever I'm having a bad day or I'm sort of doubting myself and my co-founder David has a brilliant saying, which is, you know, just one day at a time, we're just helping a woman with their contraception. And I think kind of breaking it down and, and, and not making it this like really daunting, scary task. Um, uh, there's a lot of unknown in startups and uh, a lot of risk and very, very high chance it could fail um, and kind of not, not being petrified of that. And yeah, just take one day at a time and keep chipping away at it and you, you might get somewhere. Each week on the podcast, my guest answers a question set by the last one. Then they throw forward a question for next week's guest. In the last episode, I spoke to Sue Black OBE, the founder of Tech Mums. She wanted to ask Alice. How do we support and fund more underrepresented groups? So women and minorities, how do we get them funded? I don't know what the percentage is, but it's much too low. In terms of funding, I think accelerators uh, and kind of venture capital firms so people that, that give out money to startups um, need to fish where the non-obvious founders or, or less well-connected startups or groups of people are I find it funny that startup culture is meant to be about people breaking boundaries but ironically it's becoming a really homogenized um, space <laughs> that's full of the same white men in hoodies uh, reading tech crunch articles people that have got the money should be looking in, in different places where those people in hoodies don't always hang out. I was inspired by a Stylist Live event and that's a completely different space that um, I guess inspiration um, may come from. Which brings me on to my second point which is really a, I think a message to the media um, and that's that I think there are sort of structural things in place that mean that women and minority groups may not be as inspired or think they can have the right to start their own business um, and I think that there are diverse founders everywhere but if we insist on only talking to 
women about things to buy or things to eat. They were not planting these ideas in their heads about being entrepreneurs. And Alice, what's your throw forward question? So for your business, what was the best day that you've had in 2020 so far? That's really, really good. Let's get some good news. Let's get some good news, you know? Some good news and also ends on a positive note. Like I often think like, what's the best thing, you know, what's the best day we've had? Like, come on, let's think of the good days. My time with Alice is nearly up. So as always, I wanted to finish my interview by asking, what is the future of the lowdown? We want to transform women's health, starting with contraception. We want to take our data, our community and the experts that we've got to help build a platform that transforms the way that women choose access and use their contraception. And that will be building an app uh, and launching clinics and yeah, just completely bringing this um, really underserved, unloved area of women's health into the 21st century. Thank you so much, Alice. It was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much to Alice for coming on Secrets of the Side Hustle and sharing her story. And if you want to find out any more about contraception, you can head to theldown.com or go to Instagram at gettheldown. And while you're there, you can follow me too at Scarlett Rose Russell. Next week, I'll be joined by Justina Cruikshank, founder of Heady Mix Books. See you then. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.